Hey, this is David Schultz, audio producer here at Bloomberg Tax. Just wanted to let you know we've created a couple new ways for you to interact with us. If you have feedback on this episode or any of our other podcasts, please give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 703-341-3690. That's 703-341-3690. We might just use your comments in a future episode. We would love to hear your thoughts. From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm Amanda Icone. And I'm Jeff Leon. Today, we've got a special episode for you. It's actually based on an episode of Talking Tax that we put out last year. That one looked into why there are so few black CPAs in the US. It was a big hit, becoming the most listened to episode of Talking Tax ever. One of the many people who listened to it was a man by the name of Linwood Campbell. Campbell led a successful 30-year career at Treasury and would go on to be a civic leader in his hometown of Alexandria, Virginia. He's retired now, but when he entered the profession back in the late 1960s, he was one of very, very few black accountants. Campbell emailed us after the episode to tell us how it made him think about his professional experiences over the decades. Campbell grew up in the Washington, D.C. area at a time when desegregation was in its very early stages. When I was in the eighth grade, I was the first and only black to be accepted at an all-white Catholic school. That was a new experience for me. I, I went to school. The police would follow me in the morning and the school would close in the afternoon. The police would return to the school. And after a week, there was no trouble. So they, they stopped coming. So being one of the only blacks didn't bother me. If you had a problem with me being black, that was your problem, not my problem. Even though there were few, if any, black role models for him at the time, Campbell decided he wanted to go into accounting. And during college at Howard University, a historically black college in Washington, D.C., a chance encounter with a senior IRS official at the grocery store landed him a job at the agency. His next big career move involved another stroke of luck. I was a junior in college, and I had on my ROTC uniform, and I was going across campus, and I ran into two gentlemen. One's name was Don Kirk, who later became the chairman of the Financial Accounting Standards Board. And the other gentleman was Bob Drake, was the personnel manager for Price Waterhouse. They were lost. They asked me, could I show them the way to the business office? And I said, sure, I'm going that way. And Bob Drake said, what is your major? And I said, accounting. And he said, you didn't sign up for an interview. I said, I'm not a senior, I'm a junior. He said, when, when you get to be a senior, come and interview with us. Campbell's senior year rolls around and the offer still stands. But he doesn't want to go interview with Price Waterhouse. As soon as he graduates, he's got a year of active duty military service in Vietnam waiting for him. Who would hire someone who's about to ship off to Vietnam? But one of Campbell's teachers finds out about the interview and tells him that if he doesn't go, he'll fail the class. So Campbell decides he has no choice. He has to go to the interview. However, his supervisor at the IRS, who was also a great mentor to him, gave him a stern warning. She said, they don't want you. They only want you for window dressing. They're not going to keep you. They're just going to keep you a few years and get rid of you. Don't go. And I said, well, I have to go. So she told me, she said, I'm going to make you practice for the interview. And I said, okay. She told me there would be two people in the room. 
don't talk to both of them. She said, starting salaries are 9,500. Tell them you want $10,000 and tell them you do not intend to be their token. So I went on the interview and I walked in and I sat down and just like she said, there were two people at the table. And I said, I only want to talk to one of you. I want $10,000 to start. And Don Kirk stood up and said, goodbye. And he walked out. It sounds like the makings of a disastrous job interview. Campbell didn't think he had much of a chance. He was shipping off to Vietnam in a few months anyway. However, much to Campbell's surprise, he got the job. Pricewaterhouse was recruiting heavily from Howard University at the time. Out of my class, they hired 10 black accountants. I had to go on active duty a few months after I graduated. So I went on active duty for 20 months as a Army finance officer. When I returned 20 months later, only one black accountant was there. I asked, what happened to the rest of them? And I was told it was part discrimination and part it was too competitive. And I was told I was going to have a lot of trouble. But that's not what happened. In fact, exactly the opposite. Campbell thrived at Pricewaterhouse. In fact, he found a lot of the work he was getting there pretty easy. He credits this to his previous work experience, especially his rather unusual service in the Army. The Army Finance School, I would have to say, is the best accounting school I'd ever been to. It was designed to teach you how to run any finance office in the entire world, whether it was in the States or in Vietnam or wherever. Campbell rose through the ranks of Pricewaterhouse despite the discrimination he faced. It was an obstacle, however, that he would overcome. In the beginning, I would say half of my supervisors really didn't want me to be assigned to them. They accepted me. They didn't want me. The other half were just fine. The clients, there was never a problem with the client. As far as the client was concerned, I was Mr. Price Waterhouse. During Campbell's time at Price Waterhouse in the 70s, diversity at the company didn't improve much. And not just racial diversity, but also gender diversity. But there were probably, at, at the end of three years, there were probably about four black males, no black females. There were a handful of white females. One was a manager and several were staff members. That was the, the culture. Campbell ultimately left Pricewaterhouse toward the end of the decade. Not because of discrimination, no, because he couldn't handle the back-breaking hours anymore. After a short and unhappy stint as a controller for a private company, Campbell started working for the Treasury Department at the very end of the Carter administration. He'd stay for the rest of his career. It was at Treasury that Campbell found his niche. He worked on accounting policy for savings and loan institutions and he traveled around the country speaking about the Treasury Department's work. Campbell says one of his proudest moments was when he got to advise the Financial Accounting Standards Board, better known as the FASB. And when I got there, Don Kirk, the gentleman who walked out of the room doing my interview, he was the chairman of the FASB. And at the end of my presentation, instead of asking me about accounting, he said, where have you been? I haven't seen you since you walked out of that meeting, since I walked out of that meeting, the interview. That was a, a high point in my, in my career to, to go and work with the FASB. It was yet another chance encounter in a career full of them. Linwood Campbell is a retired CPA and talking tax listener based in the DC area. We'd like to thank him for writing in and speaking with us 
and encourage you to do the same. Visit our website at news.bloombergtax.com for the latest tax and accounting news. And get in touch with us on Twitter. We use the handle at tax, that's at T-A-X. Today's Talking Tax was produced by Jeff Leon, Amanda Icone, and David Schultz. Patrick Ambrosio is our editor. Our executive producer is Josh Block. From Washington, I'm Jeff Leon. And I'm Amanda Icone. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is David Schultz, audio producer here at Bloomberg Tax. Just wanted to let you know we've created a couple new ways for you to interact with us. If you have feedback on this episode or any of our other podcasts, please give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 703-341-3690. That's 703-341-3690. We might just use your comments in a future episode. We would love to hear your thoughts.